He wants to tell us about the end of days. What is it about this weekly gathering which is different than all other gatherings? So I would say that part of it has to do with the fact that we're not getting together for a specific matara. There's no there's no, nobody knows what is going to happen in the next 45 minutes to an hour. We don't know what Nagunim we're going to sing. We don't know if we'll sing Nagunim. We don't know what Torahs we're going to share. The main thing is a few dozen Jews getting together just to sit together and to try to tap into what Hashem is sending down to the world. What is Hashem feeding the world? The Torah is the oxygen and the food of the Jewish people. The halachos, the dinim, the nafkaminas, these are all the food of the Jewish soul. And the emuna and the pnimius and the teachings of Hasidus, these are the oxygen. And so we gather together once a week, at least we try, in this, uh, in this gathering, just to be able to sit together and to be able to see and to ask and to attempt to this chus of the rabbim, of us sitting together, to say, what is Hashem still saying to the world? Hashem did not come down, like we've spoken about so many times, Hashem did not come down on Tahar Sinai to, to share with us a story about a father and his few sons and how they lived in Egypt. And that's not, Hashem didn't come down and reveal himself on Har Sinai, just stopped to tell us a little bit of history. Hashem is speaking to us in such a way that he wants us to, he wants us to live with this Torah every single year that even if we already know the story already, even if we've already read the story a million times, 
that Hashem is being medaber to us, Hashem is speaking to us through the parts of Shavuot, He's telling us what He wants us to be thinking about. And Dafka, Dafka, Adkan, Adkan, Dafka, that Yaakov Avinu says, Hasifu, gather together, and I'll, I'll reveal to you what's going to be by the Ketz Hayamin. I'll tell you what's going to be at the end of the days. That's what this is in this week's Parsha, these words. Gather together, and I'll, I'll reveal to you what's going to be at the end of the days. And Tzadikim teach us that Yaakov Avinu never, I mean, Rashi tells us he wanted to teach us about the end of the days, but it wasn't the proper time. Hashem took that away from him. Tzadikim revealed to us that Yaakov Avinu hinted to us about the end of days. That if we want to taste, if we want to smell a little bit what the times of Mashiach are going to be like, so then the secret of that is hasifu, is to just get together. When we get together with unconditional love and we come to sit together to be mechabed one another, when we get together and we believe, and we believe that in the merit of just our respecting one another, Hashem will send us what we need to hear. And I always daven before. And so I say it out loud now that Hashem should help me to say whatever words need to be said and they should be heard in the way they need to be heard by each individual person, those who are here and those who are listening after, those who are listening online, should be able to say the right things, to hear the right things. In the merit of our believing in each other that that I believe that if I was sitting by myself and trying to do this, it wouldn't, not only because it wouldn't be as gishmak to be sitting with friends and to, you know, the nigunim aren't as fun if you're just singing them by yourself, but also because I believe in, with complete faith that when we sit together, when we're asifu, when we're gathering together, Hashem is already sending the Torahs on Mashiach. He's sending in those Torahs which are which are the things that give us a certain lifeblood in a way that there's certain things you could learn by yourself. You could sit in a room and you could learn by yourself. You could learn the Sfarim, Nigla, Nister. But there are certain things that can only be done in a group. There's a certain taste that is only possible when you're sitting together with other people. One of my dear, dear friends and students who studied in this very yeshiva, who we still all the time pass words of Torah to each other back and forth. Jonah Waldman, his grandmother just spoke to Yeshiva this week. So Jonah sent me this week something I've been thinking about since he sent it to me. A pshat, a new pshat. A new pshat from him. In the words, Hamalach Hagoa Losimi Korah. Kedarko Bakodesh, and in the derech of all of the great Bali Remez, that bracha that Yaakov Avinu gives to Ephraim and Menashe, which makes so much sense also because this is the first time in all of world history that we find two brothers who are able to get along with each other. Two brothers who actually like each other. And so, Jonah explained how Malach HaGol should be read, should be understood as Hamalach HaGol that Malach, that angel, that angel that saves me from everything, Hamalach Hagoel Osimikol, 
that angel that saves me from everything, ra. Now, ra could mean bad. That's what we normally think it to mean, right? But we know that reish ayin is also the shorish of the word of a friend. Re'acha, right? Re'acha just means your ra, your re'e. And since there's no nekudos in the Torah, ha-malach mikol, that malach that saves me from everything is re'e, is my friend. And the Jewish people are in exile, Ephraim and Menashe, who are growing up in exile, born in exile, living in exile. We are in exile. We are so close to the Makkah Mikdash from here, from this place. We're so close to the Makkah Mikdash. And yet, the exile is so, the cloud of exile is so deep. It's so, it's so suffocating. Hamalach ha-goelosi mikol is rei. The malach which saves me, which helps me to pass, to walk through the finish line, is my friends. I can say that about myself personally. I can say that about my Talmidim who are my friends. I can say that about my friends who are my friends. I can say that about my teachers who are my friends to the degree that we are getting together and respecting one another and attempting to be mechazik one another and to accept each other even in our lowest state. My Rebbe Weimar likes to point out we shouldn't, we shouldn't have to need these kinds of friends, but, but we should have them. We should have them but not need them. You'll understand what I mean in a second. The first place in the Torah where we see the word friend being used is that we're told that Yehuda had a friend a few weeks ago in the Parsha. What did Yehuda have a friend for? So the Torah says Yehuda had a friend and he asked his friend to go bring the payment to the zona that he was with. That's what a friend is. A friend is someone who will be there for you even if you messed up really bad and he'll go and he'll go pay the zona for you. And he'll still be your friend. He'll still, now, like I said before, we should never need such friends but we should have we should have friends who can be there for us in our weakest moments. Maybe those won't be our weakest moments. But in our weakest moments, we should have someone that we can turn to. Hamalach ha-goel simikol ra is rei. He's my friend. Hasifu va-gidu. Get together and I'm going to tell you about the ketzayam. And if you want a taste, a taste of the world that's coming after, the taste of Mashiach. So the way to access that world is to have the Jewish people get together. Have the Shvatim come together. Yaakov says, get together. You're so different from each other. Get together. M'chazik one another. That's a taste of the world to come. And that's how we, that's how we, a little bit, that's how we survive the Gullus. As long as we're quoting uh, from friends and, and, and the like. So my brother, my younger brother, Josh, from Josh, likes to interpret the line, which I also from time to time share, the line from the Gemara that, that asks the question, what is the halachic definition? Or what are the halachic definitions of somebody who is, who is not of sound mind? What does it mean to be a person who is not of sound mind? So the halachic definition of someone who is not of sound mind, so the Gemara gives a few different things. One of the things is if a person is constantly walking around alone at night. They, they're like wandering the street at night. You know, they look, look like just wa- wa- lost wandering the street at night. Not once in a while, you know, they're going for a walk or something. But a person is like wandering the, sh- the streets alone at night. 
we have a suspicion that this person is not uh, in their full state of, you know, of das. So my brother likes to say that a person has to be of unsound mind to walk around alone at night. Chazal say in the Gemara Psachim that Golis Domalalayla, the night of exile is, is, like an, is like a dark night. Am Yisrael is going into Mitzrayim now for 210 years, like I spoke about a little bit on Monday night in the Sicha. Am Yisrael is going into Mitzrayim now for 210 years. The whole world is going to a state of exile, winter, finally it's getting a little cold. The whole world is going to a state of exile, the trees are dying, the plants are dying, everything is going to a state of, of darkness. It's after Hanukkah, the lights have gone out, we're still holding on throughout Teves, but it's dark. Person has to be not really fully acknowledging the full extent of how lost they are if they're comfortable walking around at night during this time, which is called night, during this, this part of exile, which is the darkest part of exile. To do that without friends, that's a sign that you're not all there. You can't, can't, can't possibly think you could do it without friends. The Malach, which is going to save us from all bad things, is not Ra, but is Re'eh, is our friend. Is our friend. And so Yaakov Vinu says to the Shvatim, Yaakov Vinu says to the Shvatim, gather together and I'll tell you, I'll give you a taste. Even though I can't tell you, I'm not allowed to tell you right now when Mashiach is going to come. But I can give you a taste of what that might feel like because when the Jewish people get together and they're able to respect one another, and to sit together. So that's already a taste of the world to come. That's the kol mevaser, mevaser, that's the kol mevaser, that's the, the heralding sound of, of Gula, just sitting together. And so I've said it before, but I'll say it again, and I hope you'll take me up on it, but this is just practice. This is practice. Sitting here Thursday afternoon in Yerushalayim, in Yeshiva, after a whole week of learning, this is practice. The real thing is when you leave Yeshiva and you go to whatever community you're in, whatever college you're in, whatever community you're in, when you're 30 years old and you realize, I desperately need to be hanging out with friends on a Thursday afternoon or Thursday night, and I get together and I host in my house and we sing some Nagunim and we share Torah from the heart, that's the real thing. This is just practice. This is just showing you that this is something that you can do. But if you find yourself 30 years old and it's just a random Thursday night and it's cold and you're exhausted and it's dark and you're feeling not connected and you're wondering why, recognize that it's because you're not with your friends. You need to be with friends. You need to be with other people who are also attaching themselves to this light. So I bless you to be with your friends, to be a friend for other people. To never have to pay somebody else's uh, bill like that, but <laughs> but to be there for each other in your darkest moments, and to be there for each other in your lightest moments, and there should be many of them. Amen. I'll teach you guys a, uh, a Shabbos nigan. I'm just gonna teach you the nigan. I won't sing the words. One night I was sitting on my mirpeset, 
my dear wife Rina. We were having a Shabbos meal. Let's try to sing this. And, um, and this came down in one shot. It doesn't usually happen. This nigga came down in one, one fell swoop. Sing the words too. Sing the nigga into the words. My Adidas. Starts acting up, huh? I am my Adidas. I said I'm not gonna do the words. Did it? I die, die, die. Did it? If you know it, you can sing along. If not, just listen. Did it? Die, die, die. Did
serve Hashem in the exile it takes a good friend it also takes it also takes the Rabboni Shalom doing an Esras person three I was just talking to someone who's sitting in this room less than an hour or two ago and I was saying how much Nachas Hashem has to get from everything that we're doing it's not an excuse to take it easy. It's not like, oh, if learning a Mishnah must blow Hashem's mind that in the year 2000, and Hadafka, I'm saying the English date, 2021, almost 2022, where it's hard to even, where Jewish people don't even remember how to calculate the date according to the Hebrew calendar, that we're still learning Mishnayis, and we're still learning Gemaras, and we're still putting on tefillin and we're still wearing tzitzis and we're still keeping Shabbos. And not only that we're doing it, but we're trying to understand what we're doing also. It's a nice. It's mamash a nice. It's a nice. So Yaakov Avinu, and he gives the bracha to the Torah scholars of the Jewish people, the official Torah scholars of the Jewish people. All the Jewish people are Torah scholars. <clears throat> when Hashem through the agency of Yaakov Avinu, is blessing the Torah scholars, which means all of us, people who are sitting here studying Torah day and night. Yisachar chamer garam. Yisachar is like a strong-boned donkey. Rovets bein hamishpatim. He is crouching in between the different narrow places. Between all of the gvulos, between all the boundaries, Yisachar is, is he's crouching down underneath the burden of what it means to carry what it means to carry the Jewish people to the end zone. What it means to carry the Jewish people across the finish line. In the famous meeting between Ben-Gurion and the Chazanish, so there are a number of things that are still in place, Bizman Hazeh, 
in the way that the country that we're sitting in right now operates, which are based on this conversation between the Chazanish and Ben-Gurion. That certain uh, national uh, transportation doesn't take place on Shabbos, that there's army exemption for, for people who are studying in yeshiva, that there's no forced conscription of of women to the army, women can, can, can not go to the army, certain different things. The fact that, uh, that who, gerus and, and marriage are controlled on a certain level, on a governmental level. These things are all part of the conversation between Chaznish and Ben-Gurion. And when he came to the Chaznish, when Ben-Gurion came to the Chaznish, he said to him, why should... Why should we make concessions to you? Maybe you should make concessions to us. So the Chaznish told him a Gemara that Ben-Gurion used to quote all the time. He used to talk about this. He said that I went to the Chaznish, the Chaznish, I asked the Chaznish why we should, why we should allow you to have all these things and we should make all these concessions to you. It should be maybe the other way around. So he said, the Chaznish told him that there's a Gemara that if you have uh, two boats or two camels or two donkeys or two, two different transport vehicles and one of them is carrying a very heavy burden and the other one isn't and they come to a place where only one can pass at a time they come to a certain intersection where only one person can cross through or they come to a narrow strait where the boat needs to pass through and only one boat can pass through at a time so the boat or the camel or the donkey or the transport vehicle that is carrying the heavy burden gets to go first. So he said, we, the people who are still keeping tormentals after this, we're carrying this burden. It's a wonder, we're happy to carry the burden. It's a joyous burden. But it's a burden and we're, and we're carrying it. And how are we carrying it? Because it would seem that the boat should have sunk a long time ago. Vayar Menucha Kitov. He saw that rest is good. He saw that it is good. I mean, I would like to rest. But I have something. I would rather save that rest for, for later. I saw that that rest is good. And so I'm going to save it for Shabbos. I'm going to save it for Om Haba. It's something good, so I, I store it away for later. And I keep that. I keep, I keep shouldering on. Literally. Vesa Aretz Ki Nama. And he bends, so therefore, since he saw that, if, again, if he saw that rest is good, why is, he bending his, why is he bending his shoulder to carry the burden? Like I just told you, he's putting the, the rest, the menucha, he's saving for dessert for later. And so he bends his shoulder, she bends her shoulder, the Jewish people bend their shoulder, and they carry the burden. And for them, it is a mas. A mas means a tax. It's a burden on their shoulders. It's heavy. But is that the way that we should really be describing mitzvahs? So the son-in-law of the Svasemes, Yechon Pe'er, the Bendina Rav, it's all the same person. The Bendina Rav was the son-in-law of the Svasemes. He wrote a sefer called the Yechon Pe'er. And the sefer Yechon Pe'er, he explains this remarkable statement of Ahilam Mas Oved. Ilamas Oved 
says the Yichayin Pe'er, that our Avodas Hashem b'zman hazeh is a mass. Not a mass as in a tax, not a, ta- not a burden. But rather, he quotes the Gemara. The Gemara says that the Mem and the Samach of the Luchos stood b'neis. Everybody remembers that the Luchos were carved through and through. Charus ala Luchos. The Torah was etched into the Luchos. And since it was etched into the Luchos, it was etched through and through, all the way through. So you could see it from both sides. Now, for the letter Aleph of Anochi, that's not so remarkable. The Nun, the Chaf, the Yod, these are, that's fine. When you get up to the word Asher Tzisicha Me'eretz Mitzrayim, and there's a Mem Sofit there, so the Mem Sofit in Mitzrayim is a square, which means that the piece of stone from the Luchos is floating in the middle. It's completely etched through. And the same thing for the Samach. So says the Gemara, apparently, the Mem and the Samach of the Luchos b'neis hayo'omdim. So says the Yichayin Pe'er, this is the Pshat in Vahilam, Mas Oved. Haravodos Hashem is a Mas. It's a Mem and a Samach. It's a Nes. It's a miracle. And when I say it's a miracle, I don't mean to say, therefore, that let Hashem take care of it. But I mean to say that if Hashem is already doing miracles, so then a person should be most nefesh to push himself beyond what he thinks he's capable of doing. The exact opposite. If Hashem is already making miracles in our Avodah Hashem. So then, why not push ourselves beyond the natural? Anyway, putting on tefillin is a miracle. Anyway, learning Torah is a miracle. So if I feel that I'm only capable of learning until 10 p.m., and then I daven Marv, and I feel like I, I just, I, I started at, you know, I even came before davening, and I had a little chavrusa from 7 to 7.30, or whatever davening starts, and, and then I basically learned straight. I even had a little seder in the afternoon. I took a little break, took a shower, whatever, and did some laundry, but basically I was learning all day, and it comes 10 p.m., I'm just, I'm done. I'm spent. One of the Yidden, one of the sweet Jews, escapes my name, the name escapes me, from which, which, who it was, one of the sweet Jews, if you recall, a number of years ago, it's probably, I don't know, I don't know how old you guys were when this happened, but Shemirachim, there was a big massacre in Merkaz Harav, if you recall this, uh, this event. So, wh- one of the students who was killed in this, in this horrific crime against humanity and against our people. So I remember on a number of occasions hearing from one of my teachers that when he used to learn with his chavrusa, they made a deal with each other. I think, I think the story is that basically this guy wanted to learn, they want this, one of the younger guys in the yeshiva wanted to learn with this, this kid who was, he was a kid who was killed, Al-Kiddush Hashem. And he said, I'll, you can learn with me, but on condition that you have to follow one rule which is we push ourselves until we literally can't go anymore. And then, once we've pushed ourselves to the point where we, we literally can't go anymore, we close our gemaras, and then we look at each other and we say, Bonam shich od chamesh lakot. Come, let's, let's, go, let's go another five minutes. And then we open the gemara, or whatever book we're learning, and we learn for five more minutes, and then we can close it. Meaning, once a person recognizes the Mas Oved, once a person recognizes that their Avodah Hashem is a, is a nace anyway, 
So then maybe we could push ourselves beyond what we think we're capable of. If already opening the sitter to Davin Shmona Esrei is a nace, so then maybe we could push ourselves beyond our nature to pay attention to the words. Bye. 
chidusha, but it needs to like. I'll share with you a Torah from the grandson of the Baal Shem Tov. The Daigomach and Ephraim. Rabbi Nachman's uncle. Rabbi Nachman's uncle. Rabbi Nachman had two uncles. Feter Baruch. Baruch of Mezhebush. And the Daigomach and Ephraim. Rabbi Ephraim Sadlkov. And his mother was Fega, that was their sister, and she gave birth to Nachman. Rabbi Nachman. So Rabbi Nachman's uncle, Degomach and Ephraim, was the grandson of the Baal Shem Tov. He was the child of Udl. Baal Shem Tov had a daughter named Aleph, Dalid, Lamid, Adel, Udl, in the way that he called her. It stands for Eish Das Lamo, which is how the Torah is described. Eish Das Lamo. A, fire, a fiery law for his nation. So that was her name. <laughs> Not intense at all. And her son was the Degel Machen Ephraim. He was the first one who wrote down the Torahs of the Baal Shem Tov in an authoritative way. Him and the Toldos Yaakov Yosef. The Toldos Yaakov Yosef is a different story for another time. I was a student of Yaakov Yosef of Polonoi. And Degomach and Ephraim says in the Parsha about Yaakov Avinu's leaving the world. He darshans these psukim so, so wonderfully. Vaychi. Pasuk says, mm-hmm. Pasuk says that Yaakov Avinu became sick. Yosef is told to come visit him. They have a conversation about how he never expected that he'd be able to see him again, let alone his children. Ephraim and Menashe are like Reuven and Shimon. And then, all of a sudden, all of a sudden, he looks up and he sees Ephraim and Menashe and he says, Mi Eile. Vayar Yisrael's bin Yosef, Vayomer, Mi Eile. Yaakov looks up and he sees the sons of Yosef and he says, Who are these kids? Rashi quotes the famous teaching, Mi Eile, She'en Emru'i Bracha. Who are these two who are not worthy of blessing. You brought them to me for blessing. Me'ila doesn't mean who are they. Of course he knew who they were. He was just talking about them singing. He said they're like Ephraim and Menashe. But now, as you'll notice, throughout the entire opening psukim of Vayichi, Yaakov Vino is fluttering in and out of being in a body and out of a body. And that's represented, you can see this very clearly, because his name keeps changing from Yaakov to Yisrael. Yaakov is when he's a person in a body, he's a regular person, regular person, he's one of the Avos, Lomaisa. And Yisrael is when he reaches this state of prophetic ecstasy. 
And so as Yisrael, in that state of Yisrael, he turns to Yosef and he looks at Ephraim and Asher, he, who we saw before, he knew their faces. But now with prophecy, Vayar Yisrael, Vayomer Yisrael, El Yosef, he says to Yosef, Mi Eila, who are they? He looks at the children, Vayar Yisrael, B'nei Yosef, Mi Eila. Rashi says, Mi Eila, She'enim Ruin Lebrach. Who are these children who seem to not, I mean, they grew up in Egypt. They're very far away from what started by Avram Avinu, by Avram and Sarah. So, Yosef says, these are my children. I brought you to them to bless them. I was hoping that you could. So whatever the disconnect is between the generations here, I mean, going from a grandfather to grandchildren, you know, it's a big, big jump. Pasuk says, Ve'ene Yisrael kovdu that the eyes of Yaakov Avinu became heavy. His eyes became heavy from old age. Ve'ene Yisrael kovdu mizkein lo yachol liros Begamach and Ephraim says what that means is, listen carefully to this teaching, oh, wow, 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 bless you all to find teachers like this. His eyes became heavy from his old age, meaning there was just a disconnect. He could not understand these children. He could not understand this generation with their Egyptian version of TikTok or whatever it was. <laughs> His eyes were heavy because of his oldness, because he just he couldn't... Where, how, did, how did this great and unbelievable nation fall into such silly things? So what did he do? Pasuk says, So what did he do? Push them away? He said, I can't understand this nation. I can't understand this generation. So... It hurts me to look at them even. My eyes are, are hurting from looking at them. So what does he do? He said, get the heck out of here. You're not Roy Lebracha. He looks and he sees they're not Roy Lebracha. He doesn't say that out loud, but he sees it. He says, Mi'ela, would you bring me here? And it hurts to look at them because I know, what, I know who these people are. They have the same soul that I have. They're Jewish kids. And they're the exact same as me. And how is it possible that they've lost themselves so much. Says the Degamach and Ephraim, what does a tzaddik do? What does a real tzaddik do? He hugs them and he kisses them. And he brings them close to him. It's interesting because the Degamach and Ephraim points out that if you read the Pasuk carefully, what does it say? It says, Vayigash osam, it doesn't say he kisses osam, osam, but it says lahem to them. He kisses to them. He hugs to them. What does that mean? So the Degamach and says because sometimes they're so distant. Sometimes there's such distance between the tzaddik. The tzaddik is called the, the tzaddik sees with the inayim of Hashem, with the eyes of God. He sees the, the world the way that things ought to be, and then he looks out at the world and he sees with pain the way that things are. And he can't bear to see people who he knows are capable of so much 
in such a low state. And he tries to hug them and to kiss them and to accept them as they are in order to to love people for, not to, uh, some trick to bring them close to the Torah, but to love them, period. But the Pasuk says, because even still, sometimes the people who are being hugged and kissed by the tzaddik are pushing them away. He's hugging and kissing to them, but they're like, mm. I don't want to even come into contact with you because I might catch the religious germ that you're trying to, to spread to me. And Afal Pike and the Tzadik is still bringing them closer and closer and hugging them and kissing them. Because he sees the potential in them and he sees how wonderful their life could be and he sees the direction that their life could be if they would just nudge ever so slightly in this direction instead of that direction. That's what the Degelmachen of Ram says. Person has to daven, person has to daven to be able to be close to Tzadikim have tzaddikim who want to bring them close because it's all relative you know it's all relative it's all relative all the levels are relative the person who's above you it's always like that no you ever daven somewhere there's like always one person it's like they daven too fast in this place they daven too fast another person's like too fast too slow it's all relative and that's true in every every single they're too mock but they're not mock but enough that's always the way it is Hashem should help us that, number one, we should be tzaddikim who reach the people who it's davening is too fast for. We should reach those people and we should give them hugs and kisses. Not because we're better than them, because we love them, because we see what, what they're missing. And we should be able to have people in our lives who are hugging and kissing us even though we don't understand what we're missing. We shouldn't push away so much. We should try to accept their love. Hashem should help us to accept their love.
Shabbos, good Shabbos.